news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. If I told you that the Arizona State Legislature, a committee in the Arizona State Legislature, made a unanimous decision on anything and it was bipartisan, would you believe me? You probably wouldn't think that it is possible. But the uh, in the Arizona House of Representatives, a committee, an ethics committee, unanimously, three Republicans, two Democrats, unanimously decided that Liz Harris, Representative Liz Harris, broke the rules, that what she did was unethical. I want you to hear. Um, one of the um, representatives, this is a Democrat, Stephanie Small Hamilton, and what she had to say about what Liz Harris said and did. Guests who came in and immediately impugned leadership, sitting judges, our, our governor, our secretary of state, the speaker of the house, and the entire church of the Latter-day Saints. I mean, those are not allegations you take lightly. So if you don't remember, it was Representative Liz Harris at a joint uh, session, a joint hearing with both Senate and House representatives, senators and House of representatives in attendance. Um, She was given an opportunity to allow someone to testify that made outrageous accusations about a multitude of people, including, as you just heard, the governor, secretary of state, judges, other people. Uh, alleging that they were all a part of a conspiracy to take bribes from drug cartels. And so the ethics committee in the House had hearings. They did an investigation and they had a hearing and they came up with some very interesting uh, findings. Um, And I want to go over a little bit of this because I think it's important for everybody in Arizona to understand. On February 2023, some members of the Senate Elections Committee and the House Municipal Oversight and Elections Committee held a special joint hearing. Uh, During the hearing, Representative Harris asked for and received permission to deviate from the order of the set agenda to better accommodate her guests' travel schedules and introduced witnesses. Um, Representative Harris herself also gave a presentation during the hearing entitled The People Speak and Testimonial Highlights. The final presentation scheduled for the day was entitled Preliminary Findings. Um, So this testimony was from a Jacqueline Breger. Breger's presentation alleged the existence of numerous schemes that encompass money laundering, drug trafficking and sales, public corruption, bribing of public officials and election fraud. Throughout her presentation, Breger repeatedly referred to a large unnumbered handout um, that was distributed to the joint committee members, which included a table entitled Elected and Appointed Officials with False Deeds, and went on to make these accusations. They have been found out to be without merit, and I think this is important. And the reason why this is important to me, I, I mentioned this earlier when I talked about it, is that because... Uh, Representative Harris is an elected official in the Arizona State Legislature, and because she allowed this testimony in a joint hearing, there are many people that believe because of that she would not be allowed to say it if it wasn't true. Well, nobody else knew what was going to happen except her and the person testifying, and that was one of the findings. The findings found that Breger, that was Jacqueline Breger, made criminal allegations against the joint hearing and rejects Representative Harris' testimony that no direct criminal allegations were made. They were. They also found that uh, Representative Harris knew or was at least aware of Breger would present criminal allegations at a joint hearing and rejects Representative Harris' testimony to the contrary. I want you to know that in all of these, when I use the word 
word rejects. The word rejects is in all capital letters. Um, the, rep- the committee finds that the representative Harris took steps to avoid compliance with internal House deadlines, which required disclosure of Breger's presentation in advance. So in other words, this happened and it was an ambush. It made, um, again, from a personal, I'm being selfish here, it made House Republicans, made Republicans look bad, but it made the House of Representatives look bad. Um, When you are an individual, and this is part of the benefit of anonymity or relative anonymity, when you are just a person, if you want to go online and you want to say that all of these people did all of these horrible things, I would imagine without proof, if you impugn someone's character and accuse them of criminal activity, there might be some repercussion of lawsuits. Um, but if you go on social media as some anonymous person and you make outrageous accusations against someone, um, that's a First Amendment issue. When you're an elected official, when you are a representative in the House of Representatives in the state of Arizona, and you bring in testimony in a joint hearing, that's a whole different level. Now, whether or not, what are the punishments? You know what I mean? It is, it's just, what are the punishments? Uh, Elliot Polikoff from AZ Family talking about what rules were broken. The ethics panel found that Harris violated House Rule Number 1, which prohibits disorderly behavior that could damage the House's institutional integrity. So what's next? What happens next for the representative? All 60 members of the House must now decide whether Harris will face any punishment for her actions, and if so, what that punishment will be. Saul Hamilton mentioned removal from the election committee and even expulsion as potential punishments. So what would be needed for expulsion? We know it's two-thirds. What do those numbers look like? If the House were to expel Harris, it would need a two-thirds majority for that to happen. Assuming all 29 Democrats are in favor of that, that would mean 11 of the 31 Republicans would also need to be in favor of expulsion. So then let's say, because this has huge implications in the House of Representatives, because the House only has a one-seat majority for Republicans. So this could literally turn the tables and you could have Democrats in charge potentially, right? Unless the appointment has to be from Republicans. So here is a lawyer from Chandler named Tom Ryan saying what would happen if there was an expulsion here. The Board of Supervisors will then appoint another Republican to fill her stead. So they don't lose that position as a Republican voter. So they wouldn't lose the majority, but here's the implication. For the last two election cycles, the Republicans have maintained a one-seat majority in the House and Senate. So they've retained the majority in both chambers. But when you have this kind of of, uh, stink on a seat, um, does this now mean that there's going to be a backlash and a Republican won't be elected in that? And I don't know the answer to that. And does it necessarily matter? You know, I I talked about this earlier. This has to do with the electorate, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, I love going in Republican circles. I've been doing it for 20 years. I have some very good friends there. There are very good people that are involved in Republican Party politics. And uh, a matter of fact, I'm going to speak with a group of people tonight, and I'm going to see a lot of old friends. But In my humble opinion, if you really want to change these things from happening, you have to expand the electorate. You have to really go out and get other people registered to vote. 
when other people, because I don't think that just because they're disengaged means they're uninformed, that there are many people out there that are informed. They have very strong, educated opinions on a lot of different issues, but what they don't want to get involved in is the dirty, nasty party politics. And it's both sides. I'm not going after my own party. They don't own the corner on this. It's both sides that are ugly and political and nasty within their own ranks. You know, it, it's like the old uh, the old adage in the in the mob has been, you know, it's the person, it's your best friend that shoots you in the back of the head. And it's the same thing in politics. It's ugly. But I really believe if we are going to start electing people that have a more well-rounded view of serving their state in the House of Representatives or in the state Senate or the governor's office, that we're going to have to start having different people cast votes or an expanded version of people, adding people to the voter rolls. We'll see if it happens. I. I think this is a long way from over. I think what Representative Harris did here was egregious, and I don't know her. I said this earlier. I should have said it before. I don't know her, so I don't have a personal axe to grind. I don't know her at all, and this is, to me, outrageous. I think it's just outrageous. Coming up in a moment, how will the expansion of the Queen Creek Police Department impact public safety? Because I've got examples from around the country. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, Grammy Award-winning artist Seal is heading to Arizona Financial Theater on April 25th. Limited tickets are still available, but you can register to win a pair now by going to the contest page at KTAR.com. Had an interesting conversation this morning. There is a startup police agency, I should say, and it's brand new to us. But, you know, it's been around for about a year or so in Queen Creek. The town of Queen Creek is an example of immense growth across the state of Arizona. And uh, Queen Creek has its own police department. And their chief, Randy Bryce, joined me this morning to talk about the challenges in policing in a brand new police department in a growing city. I wanted to have him on because of a couple. I want you to hear a couple of different headlines that I thought were interesting. Um uh, Walmart abandons unprofitable Chicago stores after investing hundreds of millions of dollars. Portland Coffee Company cites extreme violence and criminal activity when announcing closures of one of its locations. Two million people fled America's big cities from 2020 until 2022. Two million people left cities for the suburbs. Um, and which is the reason, one of the reasons why towns like Queen Creek are growing the way they are. Um, this is a fascinating conversation for me because uh, I, I would love, although I am entrenched in my political beliefs and I, I espouse them on the air, I will never run from what I believe politically. But I think I can coexist and even work with people that don't aren't in lockstep with me politically. It's my biggest desire is to talk with people in the common sense areas where we all agree. Um, I think that's what Reagan did. Reagan has been the standard bearer in my party for conservatism going all the way back to the 1960s. Ronald Reagan has said if it wasn't for Barry Goldwater, there would be no Ronald Reagan. It, he goes back that far with his conservative way of thinking. Yet Ronald Reagan was called the great communicator because he talked to Americans. On the other side of the political aisle, Barack Obama was someone who was a staunch liberal Democrat but had the ability to speak 
to Americans. Now, I didn't agree with his policies. I didn't at all. But you have to give credit where credit's due on people's ability to communicate. Martin Luther King Jr. was a obviously a black pastor from the South. But the civil rights movement overcame so much because MLK Jr. was able to cross those lines with how he spoke, where he was able to get white Americans to join in the fight and to agree with what he was saying. And the common sense principles of civil rights for everyone was not just an agenda for black America. It was the healing of America. So when we talk about issues that are important to everyone, and I do believe safe streets and safe cities are a growing issue for people across all demographics of age and color and gender and political ideology. But what we have seen is as more evidence comes in that a strong, robust Staffed, equipped, trained fighting force, and that's maybe probably a bad word, um, defense force would be better in a police department, makes cities a better place. When you have strong public safety in a city or a town, that's a great place to live. When the police have the upper hand on crime, when the fire department has the upper hand on calls for service for medical emergencies, fires, car crashes, you live in a better place. And Queen Creek is almost a clean slate in that they are starting out new. They're not changing a culture. They're building a culture, and that's one of the things I talked with him about. I talked with him about a recruiting strategy and hiring officers, but he talked about building community reputation and responsiveness. I love this comment. We wanted to make sure that we were very responsive to the community, had that great connection to really understand what's expected from the police department and uh, be responsive and transparent in all those things. So what we've been hearing from our community is that please, please make sure that your department is staffed and ready trained and equipped in a way that will be able to respond to all the new threats, all the new emergencies coming up. So if you look around town at areas of town that have blossomed into a a, a renaissance, um, it is incredible. When you drive the central corridor and it's kind of the grown in part of Arizona and when you go into uh, the Arcadia area and what it's transforming those homes built in the 1950s and then you look at other parts of town where homes were built at the same time and they seem to be lagging behind and there's higher crime rates in some of those neighborhoods. I want to talk a little bit about investment. Because the same Phoenix Police Department with qualified officers that patrol the streets of Ahwatukee and Arcadia um, also patrol the streets of South Phoenix and Sunny Slope and some of the other areas, Maryvale, that have higher crime. But what are some of the keys? And I I would tell you that we need public safety officers to let people that are in those neighborhoods know that when crimes are committed, we are going to be here. When you have a medical need, we will be here. That's 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 point number one. But we need investment. You know, and I don't know that I, I obviously I don't have the kind of money that could do that kind of investment. But you need grocery stores in those parts of town where you're, you're looking what's happening in Portland, where you're seeing Walmart and other places saying we're not making any money. People are stealing. People are we're ruining our business. So we are leaving these neighborhoods that leads to the demise of neighborhoods. So if you look at this. 
all of this talk about getting rid of the police and defunding the police, it's not just what the police do or don't do that affects that neighborhood. But higher crime drives out investment and drives out business. And instead of having flourishing shopping centers with grocery stores and the things that people want in their neighborhoods, what you have are abandoned buildings and higher crime rates. They work hand in hand. If you want investment, you have to make sure that investment it begins and ends with public safety. Then you get the business community to invest, and then you have a neighborhood that people want to live in, and then property values go up. It all works together, and I hope we continue to watch it work together. Um, we got to go back to the economy specifically because I talked earlier about some numbers, and I've been getting messages from friends, and I wonder how real these numbers are for Arizona. 58% of Americans say they're living paycheck to paycheck and 70 feeling like they're feeling financial stress. We'll talk about both next. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Before we get into anything that divides us, can we all acknowledge what a great band the Jay Giles Band was? Can we just talk about how much fun they were to listen to? All right, now let's get on to something that may make you upset. Um, the inflation stubbornly high, 58% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. I went over this. I've been talking about this recently, about what this does to a community and what makes a community better. Yesterday, we talked about intentional giving. I gave out some statistics that I had recently gotten about a 50% increase, 50% increase, oddly enough, matching this number. Um, of St. Mary's Food Bank giving out emergency food boxes year over year in the same seven-day period. Um, there are things that are not in our control, and there are things that are within our control. And one of the things that is within our control is what we can do to affect the lives of the people around us. Now, as far as the economy goes, uh, we all need to twi- – the old adage, prepare for a rainy day, and uh, we hear it. I just never did it. I'm just going to be very brutally honest. I have made a lot of mistakes in my life financially and when I was younger, and I never imagined I was going to see 40. I mean, I don't mean I didn't have a death wish. I just looked. I never. I couldn't imagine myself being over 40 years old. So I lived like there was no tomorrow. And you know, I've learned my lesson since then, and I'm making up for lost time, and I'm doing all of those things. And you know, now that I, I live alone, and and my life is in a different place than it was before. But I've never forgotten my childhood and watching my mother struggle, and I didn't realize how real that struggle was until I was an adult trying to care for myself. And now that I'm looking at grandkids, now it's important for me to give them opportunities and try to impart to them some lessons that they probably won't listen to, um, but at least say it to them so they don't make some of the mistakes I made. But what we're, we're in a situation right now when one of the headlines and one of the great websites I like to go to is Zero Hedge. It really is a, a, a comprehensive place to go for a, a lot of um, uh, you know financial news. But here's a story that is a um, – I think it's an opinion piece, but it's, it says Fed's impact on core inflation may be too little, too late. 
We have been focusing on this just, again, my opinion, that the frustration with this administration is the focus on the wrong things. Are some of the I wouldn't say are some are the things they are focused on important to many, many people? Yes. Do I believe that they are the priority? No, I don't. I don't think climate change should be the number one issue. I don't think that this gender equality and the Title IX stuff, and I, I just don't think that's number one on the list. I don't think that when it comes to a strong military, that uh, DEI or de- uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion should lead the way in a strong military because I can promise you our enemies are not doing that. That's just my opinion. And when it comes to the economy, the duck and cover mentality that this White House has given America has led to further crisis. What I mean is this president was warned by people within his own party, financial experts within his own party, that this was not transitory inflation, that it needed to be addressed much sooner than it was. But time after time after time, whether it was the president himself or it was his press secretary or it was somebody else in the financial sector and it was advisors to the White House, they kept using this phrase transitory inflation, saying that it was going to spike a little bit and then fall back off. They blamed it on Russia, and that was the food crisis because of where the wheat comes from and the oil crisis because of how much oil comes out of Russia. And when we look at things, look at what's happened in this world. Look at how OPEC Plus, which is the the OPEC nations plus Russia, have again cut production of oil, further damaging the U.S. economy. Do I think they're doing it solely to damage the U.S. economy? No, but it sure is a nice bonus for them, isn't it? Prices of oil through the roof, which means they are making money hand over fist. Vladimir Putin is able to finance his war a little bit more easily when he's making more money on the oil. Oh, and by the way, the U.S. economy, as precarious as it is, is going to stay precarious because of increased gas prices. I believe that to be true. We are watching alliances being made with the Chinese and the Russians and the North Koreans and the Iranians. Uh, We are watching these nations. India is also uh, coming in on this. The French president just made some startling statements in a meeting with President Xi from China, and yet we are staying the course in the minds of many that are paying attention on issues that are not of the utmost importance. And when you're the leader, you've got a major in the majors and minor in the minors. And Americans aren't seeing that. So this headline that the impact, it may be too little too late. Today's data is expected to show that the continuation of the trend in falling behind the CPI but stubborn core inflation expected to rise to 5.6 from 5.5. We are still seeing a rise, not just inflation, but a rise in inflation. Slowing, absolutely true. Better news that it's slowing. But how far are we going to go? And this is where the problems lie. Here in Arizona, we are seeing immense growth. And with immense growth comes financing. That many of these investors, they are borrowing money, and they are borrowing money because they know that this is what how you grow. Well, the more expensive it is to borrow money, the less available that money is to many people. And we may see a slowdown in what has been a stellar growth period for the state of Arizona. So when we see, and this to me is that translation in my head because I'm such a simple-minded person, 
I see the growth. I see the big buildings going up. I see the huge developments going up. I see millions and hundreds of millions and billions of dollars invested in numbers that I can't even fathom in my small financial place. But I do know it affects me. It affects the value of my home. It affects the value of my career. It affects our ability to have advertisers by advertising at this radio station. It affects all of us in one way or another. And I just hope that we turn the corner soon. I don't want to see any more people falling through the cracks. We're going to go back to a topic I jumped on earlier. I want to kind of expand a little bit, and it has to do with this fight that we are having with the – whether it's the trans community, LGBTQ plus community, whatever it is. Um, It's not new, and I want to hit on that again. This is not a new fight. The people in the fight think that they are fighting a new battle. They aren't. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, appreciate you being here. I'm just a quick reminder. Uh, we're, we are giving you an opportunity to qualify for Suns tickets. And uh, coming up um, right after 11 o'clock, we've got our first name to be qualified for. So you're going to want to be listening. And if you want to get on this list for qualifications to get the hottest ticket in town, that Suns playoff tickets, text the word ticket to 411923. You can register. Then listen for your name at 11 and 4 p.m. And don't give up if you don't hear your name. Trust me, you're going to want to be listening because it's a pretty cool giveaway. So all that's coming up just after 11 o'clock. Um, Arizona Christian University versus the Washington Elementary School District. This really isn't a new fight. It's an old fight that continues on and on. I want to go back to a reference. I talked earlier. I said to all of you out there that are Gen Zers or whatever the, whatever the youngest generation of adults is, um, I don't mean this as an insult. It's part of the growing process. When you were in high school, when I was in high school, we learned, we always, we all found out who Nostradamus was and his predictions and we just thought that we were getting a, a look into the the future. And it's kind of a rite of passage as you get older. You learn things about people. Um, I want to take you back to the early 1970s. There was a, an Al Pacino movie that was highly acclaimed, and it is a fantastic movie. If you've never seen it, go watch it. It shows you the brilliance of Al Pacino as an actor. It's called Dog Day Afternoon. Al Pacino plays a married man with two children that robs a bank with his partner, with his buddy, because he is also in a relationship with a trans man that was going through the transition to become a woman, and he was going to rob the bank to steal the money so that his trans partner could have the surgery. This was a film in the 1970s. So this trans conversation is not a new one. I also went down the list for all of you that look at Harry Styles and the dress and all this other stuff and they're brave and they're courageous go google boy george and the culture club go look at uh, at the trend setting that you got with uh, david bowie and how well loved and respected he was elton john freddie mercury and the band queen george michael and the band wham Uh, this is nothing new there's nothing new here it's just a different way of fighting it So this whole thing that's going, I can tell you as somebody that was a classic kid from that generation, I love David Bowie and his music. He was revolutionary. I am so sad that I miss seeing Elton John in concert. I love the band Queen. One of the first records I ever bought with my own money was an album called Live Killers by Queen. It was a live album, a double set. I love that album. 
Boy George was iconic in the 80s. George Michael in his solo career had some great music. So this is nothing new. And again, Rob Halford. Rob Halford lives here in the Valley. He's the lead singer of the band Judas Priest, an iconic 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s heavy metal band. Some great albums, Screaming for Vengeance, a phenomenal heavy metal album. Gay. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. The only reason why people care is because it is so in your face and you tell me Harry Styles in a dress is brave. It isn't. This issue with Arizona Christian University is backwards. What I mean by that is the perception and the coverage of this, with all due respect to people in journalism, is backwards. Arizona Christian University has a statement of faith that people sign, much like Brigham Young University in the LDS Church, where marriage is between a man and a woman. That's their belief. But anybody see the great work the LDS Church does in the community with its missionaries and the great what great community citizens they are? Should we reject everything the LDS Church does if you believe that marriage is expanded beyond a man and a woman? Well, here you have Arizona Christian University having its education students in the classroom in an elementary school district that is much needed. And what's happened? The school district rejected them. The president of ACU is Len Munsell. Len Munsell didn't go to the Washington Elementary School District and say, you heathens and you people and we're not teaching in your classrooms while you believe in all of this. Nope. They went into the classrooms because sexuality and marriage had nothing to do with teaching elementary school. And they are teaching the next generation of educators. So what now? Are you going to exclude all? I mean, you live in the East Valley here in this town. Are you going to exclude LDS teachers? Because they don't necessarily believe that. This is a ridiculous thing that they're doing. And I am imploring the people in traditional media, the people that are the real journalists. I'm nothing but opinion. But the real journalists out there to look into this story. Washington Elementary School District, while lamenting a teacher shortage, is ostracizing and excluding the next generation of teacher because of a belief that has nothing to do with what's going on in the classroom. And you're covering it as if ACU is the bigots here. The bigots are the people that will not let people believe what they want to believe and still do their jobs. And it's hurting the teaching profession. There's no doubt that it's hurting the teaching profession. It's damaging. And I hope it ends soon. I hope it ends sooner rather than later. What we're going to do just after 11 o'clock in 11 o'clock hour, we're going to go back to the ethics committee and what's going on with a representative that is facing possibly facing expulsion. Did you hear this happens at 1120? And then we'll talk about the economy, but also in there, your opportunity to qualify for son's tickets all coming up next.